Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely United Methodist Church at 1755 Thomas Devlin, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're coming to you with the seed of the day. And we hope this seed can help you along your way, even until eternity. We're continuing praying through the midst of this pandemic. And we're lifting up those who have lost loved ones, those that have loved ones that are sick. And we're asking for protection for our children as the virus has taken a different shape, attacking young people. And right now, we're just asking that God just pour out his love and mercy on this world and keep us lifted up with a brand new standard. Um, in the midst of this uncertainty and um, this change in life of social distancing, there is a time and a word for us in the scriptures. And that scripture is found out of Timothy for us today. In the second epistle written to Timothy from Paul, 2 Timothy 1st chapter, uh, beginning with the 5th verse. I'm just going to lift those words up to you today to encourage you, to help you along your way. In that scripture it says, When I call in remembrance the unfringed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. In verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting up on of my hands. In verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 8 says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given unto us, Christ Jesus, before the world began. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I come today to tell us, um, to encourage us, to um, lift up the people of God with a few encouraging words that Paul wrote to Timothy in his second epistle to him. And that word today is to stir up the gift. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in your world, no matter what's happening um, on your job, in your family. Remember, you have a gift that God gave you. And the storms of life are just there to pre uh, prepare you for the next level. I hope that we use this opportunity of being in our homes, um, being away from people and being in the presence of our family to get closer to God. Because when you look at the storms of life, you look at Jonah. Jonah, um, he got redirected by the use of a storm to go back to Nineveh to tell the people what God said. And God had to take him off the boat. He was trying to go his own direction and put him in the belly of the whale for three days. But the storm was the reason he got kicked off and had to get off the boat. 
um, Elijah. Elijah had just defeated all those prophets and God had done a mighty work with his life, but he got depressed and he, um, God used a storm to reassure him. It started off the size of a man's hand and began to get bigger. Um, and God sent the rain after the prophet said there wouldn't be any rain. Uh, the disciples in Mark the sixth chapter, we see that God uses the storm to refocus their agenda and remind them that in the midst of your storm, that Jesus has all power, that he has a purpose for you, and he will provide for you. For he walked on, out on water and came to where they were at the third watch of the night when it got the darkest, uh, when they felt that all hope was lost. Jesus used that to remind them that he could walk on water and get to them in time of need and that in him you have power and you have a purpose and that he will provide for you in the midst of your storm. Paul comes along in Acts 27 chapter and he um, is redirected um, due to a storm where he ended up preaching to many people that were lost because the storm um, tore up the ship and they hit the, the banks of the land and he ended up being there teaching people who did not know God. So God will use a storm to redirect us, to refocus us, to redefine us, and to help us resist the things that we don't need in life. And some of the stuff that we was doing two or three months ago, we find now that we really don't need that in our life. We can save that money. We can refocus our attentions on our, our family and do things with them and get closer to God and read our word and pray and fast. We learned that in the midst of this storm. But the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy, who was a second generation uh, Christian, he did not see Jesus for himself, but he was operating on faith like we are. Um, Peter, James, and John, those apostles, they weren't there by now. But um, Paul was writing to Timothy, who was a pastor of a church, to reassure him that you're going to have some storms in life. You're going to have some days when you're not certain what's going to end up by the end of the day. But he gave him some encouraging words. He starts off in that second um, letter to Timothy, um, first chapter, beginning that fifth verse. He um, states, remember the faith that your grandmother had, um, Lois, and remember the faith that your mother had, Eunice. And we got to remember the faith that grandma and mama had. Um, for God brought them from a mighty long way and um, brought them to uh, World War II and World War One and Civil Rights Movement, brought us to all those times of um, uncertainty in this nation. And God is still the same God that will continue to help us today. Uh, there's nothing that he can't go through. In the pandemic of 1919, he still was God. And Paul comes in verse 6 and say, remember that I put my hands on you and anointed you to do um, the will of God. And all you got to do is just remember what God is able to do. That means you have to get back into the word. Because in verse 7, Paul comes along and he says, for God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Those four things right there will help you in the midst of any storm, will help you in the course of your life if you just truly believe in what Paul is saying. 
in that seventh verse, he starts off by saying that God did not give us the spirit of fear. In Romans 8, chapter 15, verse, the Bible says in that 8, chapter 15, verse of Romans, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Father, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we can cry, Abba, which means Father. So what Jesus did on the cross gave us a relationship with God the Father by being adopted into the Holy Family. And when you're adopted into the Holy Family, you pick up the name of the Father. You even have his last name. Whatever he owns, it becomes you. You, you have a legal right to everything that your Father possesses is part of you now. And that's why Jesus is saying you can call your father Abba, which means father. So in the midst of your storms, you don't have to fear because the spirit of fear wasn't given to you. But you are adopted as a son of God. Uh, that, that means you have legal right to everything that he has. The second thing he said, um, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power. In 1 Timothy Four, chapter 14 verse um, neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands and then Acts first chapter 8 verse they receive power and that power is the Holy Spirit by having access to your father and uh, Jesus Christ you have access to what the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will dwell in you and make your life more comfortable by leading, guiding you in the right direction. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. And the Holy Spirit teaches us everything about Jesus Christ. So we don't have to worry about tomorrow because we have a, the presence of Almighty God due to a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of Him in our life. So we have power. Then he says, and of love. In 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, the fourth verse, the Bible says, Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envied not. Love vaneth not itself and is not puffed up. So when you have love in your life, you don't have jealousy. You don't have the hatred. Um, you're not boastful. You're not um, prideful. You don't have to envy nobody. You don't have to... Um, Hate nobody. You don't have to have a vain living life. You don't have to suffer long because whatever you go to, you know that the love of Jesus Christ is strong and the grace of God will carry you do and his mercy will pick you up in time of need. So we have love, the spirit of love. That is a powerful thing in our life. No matter how low life gets, we can always say, we, um, Father, all I have is to give you my love. I might not have money, I might not have a job, I might not have a house, I might not have my health, but God, I give you my love. That might be the only thing we have to give God back. So love is a powerful asset and a tool in the kingdom of God. And then the next thing he says, and then you have to have a sound mind. The spirit of a sound mind is found in Galatians 5th chapter, 22nd to the 23rd verse where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. In 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things, there is no law. So when you have a sound mind, you um, exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And it's only one fruit, but all the rest are, are manifestations of your relationship with God and the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you should love your neighbor. Um, love those on the job that hate you and um, for no reason. Have joy when you see sadness because you know God is still in control. Have peace because um, you know God is still in control in the midst of your battles and your, um, your worries. You don't have to worry because you have God on your side. Why worry? All you got to do is pray. Long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness, faith, and all those things that come with it. And then in the next two verses, um, Paul reassures uh, Timothy by telling him what Jesus did for him. He died on the cross. He manifests himself in this world that we can have a relationship with him. And now he sits at the right hand of God in a seat on our behalf. So we have an advocate with the Father. Somebody is speaking on our behalf. When we don't know what to pray for, Jesus is interceding because we have that relationship. There may be somebody today, um, somebody may not know um, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm going to say a prayer. If you believe today that you want a difference in your life, just say this prayer with me. You never will regret it. Father, I repent of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I believe that you're the son of the living God. I'm tired of going on my own. I want to be in relationship with you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and let me be part of the kingdom, the holy family of God until you return and I go back with you as part of the church. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So go get in the good Bible teaching church. If you can believe in your heart and confess it with your mouth, then your name is written in the books, salvation books of heaven. So go get in the good Bible teaching church and where you can hear the testimony of the saints and hear the word of God. And remember, keep a smile on your face for that smile may be helping somebody along the way.